0: On the Verge. On the Verge is presented by Callaway Golf. The Apex iron from Callaway defined a new category of player's irons. They combine the feeling and look of a forged iron with Callaway's leading distance technologies. With Apex, golfers experience an unmistakable leap in performance, and the new Apex is taking perfection even further. Callaway's 360 Face Cup, which makes everything better, generates industry-leading distance in the new Apex irons, and the unmatched feel will get every golfer's attention. This kind of power, distance, and control is not supposed to feel this great. Apex is in a class by itself. New tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes launch and trajectory throughout the set, which delivers a new level of precision in a stunning player's shape. The new Apex is the ultimate forged player's distance iron. The unmatched feel and distance, playability, and control are redefining the player's iron category. Again... Once you experience an apex, nothing else compares. This is Callaway's best for the best. See perfection in every shot with the new apex at your local golf retailer, or visit callawaygolf.com and see what makes Callaway the number one iron in golf. Welcome to On the Verge. Today's guest is a Celebrity Caddy, former tour player, now, swing coach, who's had a very illustrious career on a variety of levels, both as a player and a caddy, and now coaching golf. Matt Glant. Matt, how are you today, buddy? I'm good. Virts, great to be here. Well, you've had uh, you've had quite an interesting uh, golf life, and I want to talk about the uh, some of the coolest things you've ever done. You, I almost call you a celebrity caddy <laughs> because you've caddied for people that everybody would like to know about and it's really fascinating to hear your stories because i've played some in my lifetime but i've never had a caddy as good as you and you you looped me around probably my closest attempt at qualifying for uh, a an, an event on the web.com and we lost in a playoff but i i realized then that you should be considering this caddying thing if your playing didn't work out because you were effusively positive. You, you know, the game so well, you almost talk people into succeeding. And I'm sure as you've experienced in your caddying, cause you have a, a nice clientele of regulars that they tell you that you improve their game. And that's why they keep having you on the, on the bag. But your, your first dose of super awesomeness must have been caddying for President Barack Obama. When you think about the experience of that, and how that kind of shaped where you were as a as a caddie and as a player, talk to us about that experience with uh, with President Obama.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a highlight for me. It was I was just very lucky, honestly, just to be at a place where you have access to work with people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I, I caddies always come easy for me for a variety of reasons, but basically, I'm just I'm comfortable and I like watching people get better, and I feel like I can help them do that. And so I, you know, I gravitate towards that side of the game, and and being lucky enough to be where I'm at, I'm presented with an array of of you know. Very successful people to ranging as high a celebrity as is the as former President Obama and and that week was was just the right place the right time for me you know me and another another guy named Kevin were lucky enough to be put with them out of sheer luck I guess and uh, spend three days with with them back in 2013 Tiger played with them one day and it was just it was incredible you know it was just an amazing experience because I, I was I'm Tiger was my one of my golf heroes sure. growing up and and that was the first time that I'd ever been around him. Mm-hmm. You because know, 'cause I've never made it to where I could play with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, this was his second uh second best I guess. I was yeah. able to be around that, you know, just that aura of him and uh and and it's uh they're both they're both special people. So it, it was mm-hmm. it was very lucky. When
0: when you let's talk about Obama and no I've taken the political side out of because I really don't even
1: care about that. What was he like as a person? He was very smart, witty, funny, quick, outgoing, you uh-huh. know, just on – seemed like he was on all the time, you know, and, and I only was with him for, th- for three days. But it was basically all day, and he just, like, just nonstop, always going, smiling, interested in the game, you know – decent player not you know really good around the greens you could tell he didn't he hadn't played a whole lot and and since then i'm sure he's 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 continued to improve because he loves Mm -hmm. the game he loves sport and uh he he just was bringing nothing but positive energy around you know everybody that was there and there was a lot of people there because it was you know a circus with with he was in he was president at at the time so this was the first time that that uh I had seen anything like that, so it was uh, it was amazing. He was he was he was really cool. He, like, and he showed interest in in us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Kevin and I were just blown away because he would he talked to us individually for a while and, and acted like he cared about what we were saying and and was impressed with what we were doing. And we're like, yeah, you what well, you do is impressive too. You know, it's like <laughs> all right. We were talking about golf, and I was like, yeah, I'm you know I, I played professionally for a while. I'm still trying. He goes, that's just. It's amazing. He goes. That's amazing. I look at these guys. I don't know how you guys can get out here and concentrate for that long without this and this. And I was like, Yeah, you know, it is pretty tough. You know, I think uh, I think you you do it. You do a good job of you know handling f- the focusing <laughs> what you're doing too. So
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Because I I do get the sense that he's a good dude. Like he was like a really engaging, fun guy to be around. So it doesn't surprise me that you say that.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it's. I think he's. I think he, from what I saw. I mean. It, it's pretty genuine because, mm. I, I, where I'm at, we tend to get high, high profile people to high successful people, but they're always in their best mood. Yeah, like like so, I, my experience with a lot of people is just is great because they come to where I'm at and it's they're in the they're in the best mood that they could be in because they're there to relax and have a good time. Yeah, so my experience with him is is. He's he's great. That's awesome. You know, so it's like if someone comes in there and they're in that bad a mood, like oh, it would be hard for me to see how they could be in much better mood outside of that place. Yeah, but, no kidding. But no, he was he was he was so nice and and you know, they're I'm sure he's trained to be that way. Sure. You know, he's trained himself through years and years of uh of just grooming himself for being president. Yeah. You know, if that was his goal, which it probably was at some point. And uh, he's he's just he he he's perfected it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, I can't imagine what it was like. Especially when you
0: find out you're going to caddy for the president. Next thing you know, you're going <laughs> to caddy for the goat. <laughs> you know, everybody. I mean, I'm even fascinated to know. I mean, I've spent a little bit of time around Tiger on the driving range in my years on the on the tour, but not like I've done anything else with him. Four or five hours of like
1: personal time with tiger woods what was that like um it started out with just kind of being very very excited just because there's a there's a couple people that i've that i've had the chance to work with that have like made me nervous and, and and he is one of them and i was just like okay this is This is my, you know, this is just being around him. This guy's amazing. I want to see what's going on. So I watched him, and it it, it was, it was just, you know, he's, he's also trained to be in that atmosphere and be, you know, so he was, he was not as outgoing as, as, but he was still funny and Uh and joked around. He spent, and he, you know, he rode with the president. So they just, you could, they were cutting up and laughing and, and stuff all the time. And so, we get to the first hole, and Tiger holds a bunker shot in the first hole for Bertie birdie, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is how it's, you know, this is just... But then he hit a couple wild tee shots. I'm like, okay, he's a normal person. <laughs> you know, and then he didn't make a single putt all day. Is that right? Yeah, like, and, you know, you hear how... And he is, he's a good green reader, but you hear how he's the best green reader in the world, and he couldn't... He wouldn't ask anybody, and he missed, he missed all his putts, and... Uh, you know, he won Doral next week. So it's like, like he was not <laughs> still right. playing. This was, he won five times that year. So, yeah. but it was cool to see, like just to be around it. Cause you don't see, okay. Usually you don't see like the downsides of a lot of your heroes and stuff. And and obviously Tiger has been so, <laughs> you've seen everything. So yeah, it's a little different there, but it's nice to watch him play and, and know it's not perfect. And, and, and as a player myself, it's like, okay, you can relax. Cause as, me growing up in the Tiger era, you feel like you can't ever catch up to him, yeah. and there's no way you're never going to be able to. As soon as you on to what he's doing, he's making a change, and he's leaving you in the dust. There, so yeah. you're always destroying your game to catch his. It's nice to see that he kind of, you know, he's not he's not perfect, but it, you yeah. know he he uh, he's human. Is there anything
0: that you sensed about him as a player that let you know that he was? The greatest?
1: Not really that day. No? Yeah, because it was so laid back. You know, it was it was more about, I think it was m- just more about that experience with them because that's the first time that those two had played together. Oh, wow. And I don't know for sure if Tiger had played with other presidents before, but definitely, you know, the first black president and mm-hmm. Tiger, in black, I think that was just a huge, it was a huge deal at the time. Mm-hmm. So... It was more about that, just them together, the camaraderie and and uh but there I mean, it was still fairly competitive because you know, Brock made sure that Tiger was on his team. <laughs> so they were gonna win the match. So that was you could see the edge there and that's one thing I have noticed about some of these highly competitive guys, is it shows up in certain ways. But uh to like l- look at Tiger that day and be like that's why it's the great, no, I mean, that wouldn't, no. no, it's, it would be hard to point that out that day. Interesting. Yeah. You know, but I was obviously, I'm like in, the, in this whirlwind of what, so I, I may have not been in my best place to observe what was actually going on, because I was kind of like in awe of what was happening. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, it was very neat. Did you, of course, that was that the, that was in the Sean
0: Foley era. And mm-hmm. at the, you know, he's already had a couple of surgeries, but it, it looked like
1: it, it was right. right after the Sean Foley era. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was, it was kind of in No Man's uh, and, Land. Yeah, No Man's Land yeah. in between Foley and Might have Como. been Como. Like, it might have been somewhere... But yeah, it was right in between. It, yeah, was, it was 2013. Yeah, so it so, so was
0: the end of Sean Foley. And yeah. The beginning of No Man's Land, because Como came in in, like, late 16.
1: Yeah, okay. So it was yeah. right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the middle ground. He was kind of like... That was the one year that he actually played well between the fall and, and coming back. I mean, yeah was player of the year that year Mm -hmm. um so he peaked one week early a lot yeah you know yeah and then he was contending in the majors and would would fall out of it the last day yeah yeah he was yeah he won all the he won a lot of big he won the players he won Mm -hmm. durali won firestone like he won like you think he was all right he's trending this week and then he wouldn't he wouldn't show up wouldn't show up the next that's right that was a weird year because he won almost five he won five times yeah and he won, the, he won the players. Yeah.
0: And then he won Bay Hill right before yeah. the Masters. He won. He
1: won Doral, Firestone, and then he won one other one. I can't Yeah, because he won Firestone right
0: before the PGA Championship. It looked like he was trending in the right direction every time. Yeah.
1: And, oh, he might have won Tory. I can't remember if he won Tory earlier. I think he that did. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like, oh, he's got to win.
0: Well, it's always easy to guess where he might have won Firestone, Tory
1: Pines. I guess the national. <laughs> you know, it's, he wins at the same place a lot. Bay Hill. Yeah, definitely. He's he's a he knows where he plays well. Yeah, you know, and he he uh, he's amazing. It's it's amazing how like he, he remember he won player of the year that year five times. Two thousand fourteen. Everybody said he's done. Never going to come back. Like he literally just won the player of the year last year. Like no one's that up and down like with with fans like talking about oh, yeah. it more than that guy. It's you can't. It's, it's, it's inc- really incredible to listen and watch like what's funny is that at a certain point Tiger Woods can only
0: compare himself to Tiger Woods, yeah you know, so for ten years, he never missed a putt
1: that mattered one. Yeah, but it was actually the only putt I ever remember him missing that mattered was in '99 U.S. Open, and then after that, like he could have made a three footer on 17, and he would have been like right in there to. I forgot about that. That's putt. the only one I've ever missed. Ever remember him missing that was in, that? But then from like that tournament on, he won. He won PJ. I don't think he missed for for ten, for 10 years, years yeah. and
0: he didn't miss until he missed that putt against y
1: Yang. Yeah. On like 13. Yeah. At
0: Hazeltine. Yeah. And I was like, wait a sec. did I, did yeah. I, did I just see that? And he won the take.
1: And he also misjudged his his adrenaline on sixteen. Yeah. He hit a he hit it really well and hit it over the green. Like it's like, what are you what that's making some weird decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, and then then the whole world fell apart. Yeah. Not
0: much long after that yeah. for sure. <laughs> it was <laughs> it, it was a dumpster fire yeah. uh, at that particular point. And so we haven't we even talked about maybe the the greatest of the great that you've caddied for and that is his heiress, Michael Jordan. What's the uh what's your relationship with m j and what what's it
1: like with that alpha male once again just sort of lucky to be where i'm at you know so i got um one of my good friends is in is uh, now a good friend of his like basically m j is one of his his best friends so he he's like you want I want you to caddy for him and and take care of him. We got this and this. So they they're gonna start playing in our game a lot. So I spent a couple of years with him, and uh, that that would be one like I spent enough time with him to where knowing how he played basketball and and watching how he handles himself on the course, like I can tell why he's the best player. Like I can tell that competitive is like he he's very competitive. He loves playing golf and does it every single day. Yeah, and uh, it it was very, I'm very uh, that that's that was the other person that I was really nervous about. I can imagine. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I can't imagine all three of those guys would have me on my toes for sure. It's interesting because I'm reading this book by uh, Tim Grover. It's called Relentless, Mm -hmm. and it talks about, among other things, the difference between a closer, and a cleaner. And in that book, he talks about LeBron being a closer. And the difference between LeBron and Kobe and Michael, and he says Dwayne Wade and a couple of others, they're cleaners. LeBron can take over a game, but if things aren't going as the way he'd like them to, he can almost disappear in big games. And he's demonstrated that in the past. He's done unbelievable things, but he's, he starts missing his shot, not getting his way, and he's quick to almost evaporate. You could never say that about Kobe or MJ. And I think there, it's just a different mentality. It is a different mentality. He does not care what he says to you, what he does to you. When you're on his team, you, he holds you to a standard. And there are some serious stories. About how he would treat the players on his team if they weren't doing what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. That's a total cleaner. It didn't make a difference. That guy came to the game every time there was a big game, he showed up. I can't remember a big game in which Michael Jordan struggled or may have struggled, but I mean, didn't end up making his presence felt as, oh God. He's about ready to get. I home. think
1: the difference is it's like LeBron looks at his teammates and it's like, okay, what do I need to do to get these guys to come together and play well? Mm-hmm. And the way I think MJ looks at it is, it's inexcusable for these guys not to do what they're supposed to do to to, to help us win. Like they're, the, he I think it's he holds them more accountable to take care of what they need to do themselves to, to do it, and they better come along. Yeah, and you know if they don't come along, I'm leaving them and it's not going to affect me one one ounce mentally. I think LeBron needs that that uh you know, needs the support and needs the you know, the team to kind of come around him and and lift him up so he can but he then he gives it back and lifts and brings all them around and but I think I don't think it matters one ounce. I think Jordan's going to win regardless. Um yeah. of who he's with. I'm going to win and it doesn't matter whatever we got to do. And everything about what he's doing on the course is is, or and, and the basketball court and the course is is about uh, is about giving him the edge to win. Hmm. Give me an example of
0: what he's done on the golf course that makes you that gives you that awareness that ooh, this
1: guy's different. He's he he's he's very observant. Like people wouldn't think he's watching what they're doing, and he's always watching what they're doing, and he never forgets. Really, he's got the most incredible in memory. Like hmm. things that you would never think someone would remember, and all of a sudden he, you know, remembers, hmm. and he'll bring it up, and he'll use it against you, and he'll <laughs> he'll throw it in your face and stuff. And, like yeah. basically, I haven't worked for him much for the last uh, four or five years, just because I only really work for one one guy right now, and he they're at the same place all the time, so I can't do that. But since since you know I used to work with Michael, I was probably two hundred forty two hundred and forty five pounds and now I'm one seventy five and so every time he sees me he's just he gives me sh- gives me crap about the weight. He's just like, Oh <laughs> keeping that weight off Manny. What's up, skinny boy? Like you know, just so he you wouldn't think like you know, you think all the guys he would come across and it's just he's he always he'll always go out of his way to you know, if I see him he'll just go out of his way to just give me a jab. So it's kinda cool. Like yeah. you know, he remembers but, you know, just stuff like that on the course. He's always he's always talking trash always talking yeah trash. and and it's not just for no reason it's like it's to cut and it's to give give him an edge and it's to it's just to to give him to win i mean he's it's not like he's not taking it ultra serious when he's playing golf like he's very competitive but it's not like you know he just I think he just likes being out there, likes listening to music and 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 likes, likes to like compete. yeah and he just plays with his friends like guys that you mostly got some of the guys you would know, but some of them you wouldn't, and it's just he plays these same guys and they like to it's competitive, and he won't turn down any bet like they don't play it's not like they're playing for a whole lot, I'm saying he'll play with anybody, and whatever you want to play for, he'll play for it, I mean you're not going to scare him, yeah of course not, <laughs> I mean we will about a hundred fifty million a year still with the Nike stuff, so yeah. it's like. You're not going to bring a number to him that's going to make him nervous. So he'll do whatever, and he'll play for whatever, and he's going to, you know, he's going to remember it, and he's going to beat you generally. Generally, yeah, good uh, player. Yeah, yeah. You know, not a, you know, you wouldn't watch him hit balls in the range and be like, that guy's a good player. Mm-hmm. You know, cause, but it's a very consistent little move he's got where he can hit a little cut, and he's very good around the greens. Really, like hands. Like hands of a uh, best basketball player of all time. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, it's, it's, yeah. his touch is un- incredible. Great putter. Really? Don't want to get like. In a putting contest. If, ha- if he has to do it, he'll do it. He'll make it and he'll chip in and he'll do stuff like that where it's like, okay, I see what you're doing. That little it factor. Yeah, just the it. Kind of uh-huh. like, you know, Jordan that's Spieth awesome. was when he was making everything. Just yeah. that little, oh, this is going to go here in goes. somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like Tiger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, that same thing's there. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool.
0: So it's interesting because I think that your gift at caddying comes from your gift of play. So I mean at a certain point in the in the late 90s you were one of the best junior golfers in the country and you played in all the all the big junior events and then you, you ended up playing at University of Tennessee, transferred to Austin P State University, OVC player of the year, conference champion. Then you you get a, you go all the way up in all the professional levels right to the web.com all the Mondays and what have you, you've had a, uh, an almost awesome, t- to the, for your calibration of career as a player, because you all, you've played at every level but the PGA Tour. What is it that you, when you look back on your golf, what did golf, what does golf mean to you? And as it pertains to, I've known you forever, I'd probably say that you're probably my longest standing student that I can recall
1: ninety seven yeah, yeah. Um,
0: what do you what is it that that golf brings to you? what do you remember or apply to your playing as a player that you bring to the the caddying life that you have right now and teaching life too
2: mm.
1: well i've definitely done everything that you're not supposed to do and you know we i've tried everything mm-hmm. so i i've got a lot of experience uh in that that realm up i've i've seen both sides you know i have i've i've seen success and i've seen now as i've gotten older i understand why i i i didn't get where i was going so i'm able to see that in others pretty quickly sure and i'm able to basically know what I, I, it doesn't take me very long to be around somebody where I can kind of understand their tendencies and, and understand what they're thinking mm-hmm. and understand um, what they're going to be trying to do with certain shots. Yeah. So I'm, I've just gotten – I got a good feel for it. For some reason, I, I'm sure that a lot of people are like this, but as a, as a player, um, mentally, I don't think I was – in the right mental frame of mind to ever have made it. You know, the the it factor you talk about with mm. a lot of these people, I don't think I have that. I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm I think it's something you can acquire. I don't think I, I, I ever, I spent the right uh, uh, energy acquiring that because mm. I think I was more focused on perfecting mechanics and that's yeah. going to take me where I'm going and then when that didn't, mentally I didn't know how to handle it. So I can kind of, I'm learning how to do that by the way. So now I'm kind of able to give that away mm-hmm. and understand and help them understand why what, what you're doing right now is what's actually going to take you there. Here's how we need to approach it. We need to be smarter. Here's why. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, and you got a great, you got a great story to tell.
1: Yeah. With that too. Yeah. It's uh you know, a lot of, I, I, I worked really hard. I don't think I worked smart enough, hmm. you know, and I don't think I took care of myself emotionally and spiritually and mentally, the way I should have to ever have made it. Yeah. You know, never was balanced.
0: And at the end of the day, I mean, that's what makes the the life journey so fascinating is that it's not so much when, it's if. Mhm. You know. So I can certainly I would be I would put you in certainly into the top 3 gifted players that I've ever coached. Um I don't know about the it factor piece. I think that a couple of things may have happened that made you feel like you didn't have the it factor. It seemed like your your cohort in junior golf in Tennessee, that Brant Snedeker fella, he maybe out-itted you a couple of times, and it may have rattled your confidence a little bit. And obviously you play with David Gossett and a lot of other great junior players but it's interesting because I I know that nobody worked harder than you. You hung out with a group of guys that also worked hard. Um, that were very good players like like Ryan Strickland and and Brandt and you know, there's a lot of great players in your era in this ta- in in Nashville at that time that you know had the potential to do something great. And but the I'm I'm interested to hear now that you've had the opportunity to almost make it play incredible golf, amateur golf and professional golf. Caddy for great, great players and people. And now you're coaching the game and you're, you're hanging around Kepka's coach, DJ's coach. You're, you're around Fowler. You're around all of these great players. Talk to us a little bit about the, some of the things that you, now that you've seen it and learned from it, that you, if you had the chance to rewind the tape, you would, Start to apply now, and that would be something that you could hand off in this podcast to sixteen to twenty-two year olds chasing the dream too.
1: Yes, uh, I'm fortunate. You know, like I said, I I keep finding myself in situations where I'm pretty lucky, and outside of as a outside of playing golf, I'm I'm in good situations where I'm able to be around some of the best golf. Yeah, and I watch a lot and I learn a lot and I'm you know as although I could never re- really apply to myself as a player I'm learning how I would have uh-huh and uh I just think it's it's not as it's hard and as complicated as I ever tried to make it. You know, it it is. It's a hard game. I think you need everybody needs to spend a good chunk of time learning the game and hitting balls and working as hard as anybody. But I, I think at a certain point you just got to, uh, if I had to go back, I would have played more. You know, I think the times where I happened to be a good player in my life, I just was forced to play more. Yeah. You know, it wasn't by choice because I didn't like playing, but I was like trying to perfect the game too. So I'd rather just go to the range. No, you got to go play like mm-hmm. college coach got to go play.
2: Yep.
1: I Then I win tournaments. I'm like, that's nope. Right. I, so then I win tournaments and I want to go break it down and, and perfect it more. But mm-hmm. Like that's not what. DJ does. That's not what Brooks does. That's not what those guys they, they they've done that. Mm-hmm. But when they when they go work with their coach, they're not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. I think that it's important
0: to because I want to get back to that Kepka and DJ stuff in just a second, but I think it's important to grasp the the fact that when I first met you, you were an artist learning to be a perfectionist, kind of. Yeah. Thinking that, and I think the Tiger made everybody feel that way too. Yeah, for sure, you know. But when I first met you, you were more into the shots. I mean, you could hit it low and cut, low and hook, high and hook, high and fade, and you enjoyed beating up on all the all the guys at, at through the green. It was unbelievable. You could just hit all the shots. But I could, I wouldn't say that I noticed that it was going to be a problem. Your desire to get it perfect until probably your sophomore year in college, where I'm like. Man, well, you're gonna have to back out of this, man. Mm-hmm. Because you're you, there's yes, it's 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 nice to be you know on plane and doing all these things, but golly, it's already so good. And it, it you're right. You it got to the point where you'd win, and the only thing that you knew at the time was okay. I've I've got to this part, and I got to tear it all down and rebuild it even stronger. And that's probably not necessary.
1: No, it isn't necessary, and it's not necessary to perfect it, and it's not necessary to to really hit the ball as well as I was ever trying to hit it. Yeah. And there was times where I was, I would hit the ball. You know, I was a really good iron player, and really good. I couldn't, I couldn't, with the driver, I couldn't get off the tee to save my life. I could hit a three wood as straight and as long as anybody in the world, but I was like that. I needed, you know, so I was searching for to figure out why. Hmm. Um, I grew up on a nine hole course. Where you could hit it anywhere, but you were going to be in play, but you were going to have to figure out some way to get it back. So I learned to be—I grew up being creative. Yeah. I learned to shape the ball, and I learned to, um, and that's one thing that's been a little difficult when I quit playing golf for a long time and got back into it. The balls changed so much; like it doesn't curve. But so that was another story. That was. But uh, I think it was. If I if I could go back, I would have I would have, you know. I mean, like you said, knowing what I know now, if I had that understanding of what it actually takes, I would not. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend as much time trying to perfect it. You know, it, it's uh, it's it's frustrating because that's that was where my mind would go right away, even though I logically could look at it and be like, no, why would you? You know, go play. You've got it. You just won two tournaments. Go play golf. And then, but it doesn't. For me, mentally, it you know I I had to learn through a lot of pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you now you're around two of the
0: most thoughtless when it comes to like what they work on, mm-hmm. guys in in golf, Kepka and DJ. So when you're around those guys, obviously I think Kepka is on a different level mentally. I don't. I think DJ plays off on how good he is mentally, because he kind of gives us the the dumb guy view. But he's not as dumb as he plays off. What do you glean from those two guys? Because you're around them some, that you want apply to yourself, and two apply to your your the people that you teach.
1: Well, those guys are very very sure of themselves, um, especially Kepka. He's on a different level than I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know. I almost want to say more than Tiger. Tiger, they're different because I think Kepka hits it better than Tiger ever did. You know, I think Tiger's more creative. Yeah. But I think uh, I, I, I just I think they they it's no nonsense. They come in, they get their work done. You know, they're they're. I think they're more perceptive than they get credit for. Like they're, they're especially Kevka and, and DJ knows what's going on. Yeah. Like he's not, he, 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 it's sort of an act, I think. Mm-hmm. I he, I've, Cause I've listened to him on the course and he'll ask the right questions. He's very perceptive of what's going on. You know, I've been lucky to spend some time. Out, I've spent more time around him out there than with, with, with Brooks because he'll come play with Jordan and those guys a lot. Mm. And um, so I've watched and, and, he knows he knows the game i mean the guy knows the game yeah and he's not far from busting through back i mean he's going to go back on another run he he uh he he's he's not far off if he can just get a few things ironed out but uh i i I just i think you got to know your game Mm -hmm. i think you got to know your game and i think you got to figure out a way to make it simple Mm -hmm. i think when those guys play well they just cut it down they just Cut it out there, and then they cut it on the green, and then they putt. Yeah, you know they don't try to; they're not trying to get all. And I don't think you can get all crazy with the shots these days. I think it's much harder. Oh yeah, no you can, I mean, shape like what Bubba does is is sort of incredible. Um, moving the ball that much because it's it's just there's my, sometimes you hit it and you're just like okay looking up wait for something to do and it's just going straight. Yeah, um, but I think those guys just they they keep it simple and they trust their coaches. Yeah. You know, I think uh I don't I just there's a there's a difference of it's not that they don't think but they don't overthink. Yeah. I think we're we're like me and a, a few other, you know, people that I know, it's just like that didn't make it. It's just there's too much thinking. Yeah. There's too much going on. Rarely, you know I tell you, you go to a PJ tour event and rarely you'll see it, but rarely will you see guys that are doing really well. On the range after the round, yeah, grinding, putting. They're going, they're getting. I mean, you go to many tours events, and you go to that. You're going to see guys in the range all day, all day long. And I would, and I did that. I felt like if you didn't do that, you're supposed to. You're what are you doing? You're being lazy, and I felt guilty. And I, 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 you know, I liked it, but but a lot of times it was just because I I I I, I, that's what I'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. because all you ever hear is what Tiger did out there, and I I just don't think. You'll see Kepka every now and then beating balls after a round, but rare. Yeah. Fowler never hits balls after a round. DJ doesn't. I mean, they just they go and they, they have lives outside of golf and and I I never did. Mhm. You know. I I golf golf was what I was thought I was supposed to be doing and if that wasn't going well I wasn't well. You're and, being lazy. Yeah, and, and I was doing something wrong and I so it was just a it was just a constant Battle for me, yeah. these guys. It doesn't look like it. it's they just. It's what they do, and that's it's simple. And they're going to play golf, but better than you, and that's simple too. <laughs> yeah. It's so fascinating yeah. when when you're you say that you feel like,
0: Kepka, hits it better than Tiger ever did, and I don't think that he gets the credit for being the ball striker that he is, Kepka. Mm-hmm. I think Tiger, is widely recognized as if he's not the greatest iron player of oh, all time. Yeah, yeah. he's. In the he's in elite company with Hogan and I mean, who knows who else could be I don't know if you, I don't think it's fair to put Mo Norman in that category because uh, he obviously he was a great player but he didn't he,
1: Tiger's a better iron player than Kepka, hundred percent yeah that, that's that's without doubt like I, I'm I'm saying the overall yeah the way Kepka gets up and drives it right down the middle every single time and just hammers it and hammers it. And like the Masters, you watch those irons. He's hitting. You watch P.J. last year. I mean, he hits his just hammers irons, just straight. Yeah. And he's got he's got touch. Hmm. Um. So I don't re I don't really mean he's like way beyond. I just think Tiger Tiger's always had issues getting off the tee. Yeah. So. If there's out of bounds left, Tiger's going to blow it in the right trees and make birdie from there. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's 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 how it is. I'm going to hit it as far away. Like it's not even it's not even going to be just in the right rough. I'm going to blow this thing so far away from trouble that it's fine. Yeah, you know, watch him finish at the Masters a lot of the years. It's just like all right, uh, out of bounds right. (laughs) Tiger's aiming left. You know, so the thing about Kepka is he just steps up and rips it. I mean, look at the. I was watching, I was talking to Claude about this the other day. I was like, it's un, like him and Rory are on the last hole at FedEx. And, and the 18 is dogleg left, water down the left. And by this point, Fowler, I mean, not Fowler, uh, McRoy's out of it. Yeah. And he's 11, 12 under. Kepsa steps up, strikes three wood right down the middle, 300 yards, draw around the water's edge. Mcroy bails out in the right bunker. I'm like, like, that's just, and then he just hits it just, you know, fat side of the green 20 feet by the the hole like uh, if you you you're a big decade if i I would be interested to see like kepka's numbers like he's got to be the higher percentile of the the right side of the hole yeah like he's always right under the hole on the correct side yeah and that's that's a gift it is and you know it's they say it's a bomb and gouge game but he hits i mean he hits it so straight it's 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 i don't think he's just out there without a mind like I'm just gonna hit as hard as I can I think he's just hitting his little shot in the fairway and it's in, in the conversation
0: pieces he gets a lot of the credit for being tough mm-hmm. and mentally tough and they always talk about if McElroy's on nobody can beat him and if DJ's on maybe even DJ is better than McElroy when all things are clicking but yet it's hard to really say that the actual answer is not Brooks Koepka because he's the better putter of all three of them. Yeah. He's the better pitcher of all three of them, and he's just as good of a driver yeah, as all he, three he of them. But those two other two guys are very well known for the driving. I think McElroy's obscene when it comes to driving the golf ball. But all three of them are really pretty pretty ridiculous.
1: I, I think I think when the if the, the, you you put the pressure at the highest point, Kepka's a notch above him. Yeah. The, I mean. I think when those guys are on, yes, they they're you know DJ's going to run away from you and Macor's going to run away, but it but if Kepka's on, I mean he he's not beatable right yeah. now. He's by far and away the best player in the world right now if he's on. Oh yeah. And the only problem with him sometimes is is he it's he, it's hard to get him up for it. Yeah. You know, if he's up for it, you're done. You can watch out, but if 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 he's not really into it and it's weird what takes, like you think like what Last week he would have been. In, I don't think he was really into it that much last week. Yeah. I think as the week went on he was, but I think this week you'll see something different yeah. out of him. But I, that's a, that would be the big difference. If you notice one, the, besides the driving, the difference between him and Tiger is those guys would both go out and win the British Open or win the PGA, and then the next week Tiger would go to Firestone and win that by ten shots. Like <laughs> Kepka would go the next week and, and, and it would be like you know, the, the Travelers, and he really wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't show up. No, mentally. I mean he would go play, but Tiger would go win it. Like, yeah. Tiger would, I don't know how Tiger could do it every single time he played. And he'd only play, he doesn't play a whole lot, but, like, you, you go back over Tiger's career, he's 100% into it every single
0: time he's played. Oh, there were times, like, he's, in, a, in that, that window, that 10-year window, there was a, a seven-in-a-row streak, a six-in-a-row streak, and, like, three five-in-a-row streaks. Yeah. He just won every time. And you're just like, I just can't Like It got to the point where it was so good that we started to lose interest because there were so many events that were over on Friday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so many events. Like, I was going to watch golf this weekend but because I can't stand to watch Tiger when by 13. Yeah. I'll, go, I'll go play golf. It's, but it's, it's so interesting that that era of golf, and then when we watch it, Kepka seems to be the closest thing since that Tiger yeah. that could, that strikes fear into people. It's just interesting that he, although he has won, four of the last 10 and he's finished in the top five and five of the others you know he's always in it but it just doesn't seem like he won at the same rate as tiger
1: no even though it's pretty close yeah well in the majors it is in the majors yeah yeah. but it's just because he doesn't win that much outside of it i I think he's i think he's working on figuring out how he but i just don't think he he cares yeah that's right (laughs) i mean it's basically that simple he doesn't really care about other events it, he cares he wants to get up for the majors and that's basically all he cares about yeah. you know and he and the, and the only reason he probably cares otherwise is cuz People talk crap about him, and then that'll get him to care, and then he'll go do it anyway, yep. but like in mentally, I don't think if it's not a major, he really really cares And it almost seems like his agent
0: slips chamble at fifty every Monday afternoon, yeah uh, <laughs> uh, or, or like there's got a,
1: a whole team of people just that, that are supposed to get kinda, somebody to say something so he can so find some you know, important. just find something yeah bullet make him material. go you know I mean that's how Jordan was. You know, Jordan would look for you know anything. Yeah, he wanted fuel, and that was his fuel. I think. I think if you're looking at two guys, I think Brooks and Jim MJ are built more like each other than Tiger was in that. Interesting. I mean, it's similar. Tiger yeah. wants to kill you. Yeah. Tiger and Kobe want to kill you. Yeah. Like I, I think. Uh, I think. But needing. Yeah. I don't think Tiger had like. I don't think he ever had that uh, need for like I need somebody to really. Rip me, yeah. Because if you look at if you look at Kepka in and Ty- and, and Jordan, Jordan got cut from his high school team. He you know rose up and and then got better and went to to North Carolina. Had to work his way up through that, and then he you know went went on and had to work his way up through the NBA. Kepka had to go to Europe, you know, had to work his way up. Mm-hmm. Tiger basically started winning at four. And never <laughs> lost till that's he right. never yeah. lost till he hit the fire hydrant. That's right. That's you know, exactly so it's right. like I think it was, I think those two are more similar. Like yeah, that's an interesting point. You cut me from the basketball team. Okay, uh-huh. here, here you go. <laughs> I got
0: something yeah. for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. oh, oh, I'm gonna go to Europe. Okay, I'll go to Europe. I'll be back. <laughs> You'll see what happens. Uh-huh. I think I think that's more. I think Tiger's just like you're the best that's ever. Ben now go you and I'm going to go be that and yeah. no one else is going to and Tiger just was so much better than everybody else that he didn't need any material yeah it was unbelievable I think Kepka tapped into a place that Jordan would tap into I, interesting final thing on uh, the your ascent to uh,
0: all the great things that you've done you now are you know work with part of the the most famous lineage of of PGA professionals in the Harmon's uh, and you've spent some time with Butch and his son Claude and mostly Claude they're not PGA oh that's right they're not <laughs> PGA they're just really good <laughs> <laughs> um fascinating i forgot about that part yeah um what's it like being around the harmons
1: um it's uh it's awesome it's uh it's i've been able to be around butch for quite a while um just because of the facility we're at yeah uh claude's been there but i didn't get to know claude right away uh and and butch would play so i would be out there on the course and 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 get and he's funny i mean he's as funny i i honestly think he just he just tells just a story and you love the story and all of a sudden you're a better player Know, they know everything there is to need. They know their technique. They know everything there is to know about that. But they have a way of telling you, a, a, a way to do it that's simple. And you're like, I mean, if anything, it's almost like people come in. I watch people come in, and it's just like sometimes so simple, the the stuff that they get, and they feel like well, that's it. Just you know, and you're 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 a, you're an amazing teacher too. So you kind of you you get to the point where you're a, you know what you do and you can make the complicated very simple. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And just being around the Harmons, it it's we have a, a unique place cuz we have uh lineage of the Harmons at our place and we have lineage of the Burke family. So we've gotten to Jake Jackie Burke and, oh, and yeah, yeah and, and and then Claude Harmon senior who won the masters. They both won the masters and stuff. Yeah. So just some of those historic families. Um and then just Claude Claude is Claude's amazing Claude grew up around this whole thing and he's been able to not really care about playing golf Mm -hmm. like he he never cared about playing golf it's he 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 can hit it he can if he if he really wanted to work at it I mean he's had some injuries so he can't really do much but he never really had the drive he just grew up around Butch and his grandfather and sitting and all of a sudden and Ben Hogan's there and hanging out and he just so he's just been able to absorb and absorb and now he's he's like the golf whisper I mean it's he's probably the best in the world at being able to be with the best players in the world and just make them better Mm -hmm. you know and it's because of what he's learned through them and there's a lot of guys who could do that but it's to have just I think that that Access that he's grown up with has, has allowed him to be around that. And I think he's taken that and run with it. Yeah. You know, he's, 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 Claude has taken the, to the, you know, he's, he's moving it forward. Yeah. You know, it's not dying, it's not stopping with Butch. It's, 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 it's pretty impressive because, yeah. you know, I think he, I think it's easy to say, oh, you're only there because, but I think he's, he's well deserved to be there. Well, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: I think that it's, it's fascinating, you know, Harmon is the only person alive that I think of that can sit here and tell you that he spent time with Hogan and Nelson, Jackie Burke, his dad who won the Masters, all in conversation and play. He's played a lot with Jackie and Ben Hogan. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Then he can tell you that he coached Seve, Greg Norman, Tiger, Jose Maria, Darren Clark, Fred Couples, Cal So if you come in there whining about something, he's got a story to tell you mm-hmm. what the message behind it, but you listen to it as a third-person observer, like you're just involved in like a a public speaking event. But he's actually teaching you, like, hey, when Hogan Hogan thought like that a little bit, and this is what you know when he broke through through that barrier, he he felt like, you know it really, he's just this, yeah. And he says it to you, and you're like, oh, so Hogan was like me, yeah, like, oh yeah, very very similar to you. So step in here. Let's get that ball position a little more forward. Now, uh, yeah, you know, and like <laughs> no, all of a sudden, you it, feel like you're Ben Hogan, yeah. and he is a master yeah. at de- crafting
1: and delivering that bouquet of flowers to you. Well, you think you would have to think, uh, even. I mean, I, I think this way. So, I mean, I can imagine the amateurs and, and they come in thinking that the, whatever the pros are thinking is so much different than whatever the hell I'm thinking. <laughs> it's like, I, I, the, like. A lot of people would probably have trouble conveying that message, and you're just like, "Yeah, I come in. I I struggle when I get to the 18 because I, I, you know, I, I just get it in my own head." And he's like, "Yeah, Greg Norman did that. Yeah, you're going to this and this, and he just here's how he dealt with it." And so you're just like, "Oh, like you said, that, that's so. Okay. Well, I'm not that much different than yeah. these guys." I'll, so I'm like Greg Norman. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, <laughs> I am Greg Norman. I'm the shark. That's good. I'll be the shark. And uh, But I think that's, that they're both, both those guys are are really good at that. Yeah. You know, it's really, really good at just making you believe in yourself. Yeah. I've never met people that are better mm-hmm. at getting people to believe in themselves. There's people that are met that are as good. Mm-hmm. And you do a really good job at that. I've seen you when, when you, I watched you teach and, and some of these juniors that come in and they're frustrated and you're just like, after about fifteen minutes of you talking to them, you're doing, you know, voodoo psychology around. <laughs> what they don't know. They don't know what you're doing. Uh-huh. They believe in themselves. Yep. And and the 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 Harmons are good at doing that with, with everyone. Just you know, it, they just happen to right now have the three of the top ten in the world. Yeah. And and they're able to make that better. Which, you know, I think the the, the hardest part about doing that is just not screwing it up. That's exactly right. It's like, here you go.
0: That's exactly right. You know, okay.
1: You don't have to necessarily make it better. Just don't screw it up. (laughs) So I think (laughs) that's that's where it kind of gets nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah. To have the confidence to do that, I think, is is pretty impressive with just self-assurance and stories, you know.
0: Well, I think it's interesting for the people out there that are listening is that, boy, this has been like 50 minutes of one incredible happening after another, from your playing career, to your caddying career, to your coaching career. I mean, this is like, I haven't been more entertained yet than this interview. But what people are about ready to understand is, buddy, there have been some bottoms Mm -hmm. in this amazing journey that you've had. And it is literally one of the most amazing journeys that I've ever been able to watch.
1: Yeah, uh, it's been
0: it's it's been it's it's so interesting to me because uh, I love you like you. He's like I'm somewhere between you're like half dad, half brother, <laughs> you know. Uh, but alcohol has been a a roadblock in your life. Yeah, and you've conquered it magnificently today. For today, yeah, yeah, and. So talk to us about well first of all how long you've been sober now this has been a great run and all <laughs> of the things that you that you've learned through this this difficulty that you can up- help others because everybody there's nobody out there that's struggle free
1: yeah
0: and you have struggled you've been at the you've we've talked about the top and buddy we've seen the bottom too People need to understand that the bottom is just a moment. It's a chapter. And you can turn it around because you've turned it around multiple times, and now you're
1: cruising beautifully right now. Yeah. What have you learned? And talk to us about the road. It's been a long road. I like how you you said it, too. You're, I'm on a good run. Like, you know someone has, has had a lot of stops and starts when, like, this time is, is going, going <laughs> a, pretty well. Got a nice run. It's been over three years. No, so um, so you know, great. I'd had uh I think I I I finally I first was a. you know, I, I grew up with a dad who's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He's been sober now for 30 year 30 plus years, so it it's it's never really been part of my life, but I always knew. I remember thinking when I was a kid, I don't want to go around that cuz I don't know what's going to happen if I go around that. So I never really touched it until until I was 8 7 almost 18, right? When I was 18 and, and I remember when I started it my first time i was like i finally found it when it hits my lips yeah it's like that it's like the frank the tank (laughs) and uh (laughs) so it uh it was immediately bad like it it immediately was good and then immediately bad the same night like if i would have if i could go back and look at that first night and look at what happened yeah you could say yeah it's first time he doesn't know what he's doing but i was at i was at a friend's house who we know very well. Yeah. Um Sarah we we so we uh I drank everything they had in their fridge. We started with a couple little zemas. Oh, nice. A little yeah, Zima Yeah, I, I drank all the homemade wine in the county. <laughs> and uh so that was like the first experience that I would had with like okay, that was nice. I had zero control over what happened after I took it, but so I didn't think about that for a while you know i i went through the next couple years drinking myself out of ut yeah luckily being able to transfer to austin p had a few good years there where i did a, won a lot of tournaments and 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 wasted my time there by drinking mm-hmm. and then almost made it through to Webb, which the last time i did q school in 05 i withdrew early cuz i was drunk and oh, didn't get to finish Q school. I didn't even know that. It's the last time I went to Q school. Wow. I uh, barely even made it down there to even go. Um, I had a four-month marriage because of alcohol mm-hmm. when I was 24. Uh, and then that's, I think, that's sort of when I was like, 07 maybe I you know i really kind of first time I ever tried to stop was 04 so about 15 years ago 07 I went to rehab and then uh you know six months bam year bam you know so it was that cycle for the last whatever and it was it was just uh the elevator they say you know it keeps going lower and lower and lower you can get off whenever the hell you want yeah but I, I uh I guess I just never I I I, I don't know. It never the, the I would never do what I needed to do to take care of myself and I didn't know it, uh, I knew it was serious, but it yeah, it, it definitely took me down. It took me down it and it took me a long time to realize that that was that was that really destroyed a lot of stuff. Like I knew yeah. it was a problem, but I was like, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, it's hard to say. I, if I'd have got sober when I was younger, would I have made it or not? Yeah. You know, I've gotten sober a few times, and, and you're not immediately better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a very interesting you know, point. you take the alcohol away, and there's no medicine. And I was, so what do you do? So you know, I dealt with a lot of depression. I dealt with a lot of uh, you know, low self-esteem, a lot yeah. of stuff. So, and and the way that I drank too was not like a. It wasn't like I would be drinking every single day for a month or a year. It was like I drank today, and I almost killed myself. And then I wouldn't drink for six months. And then I drank that day. And, you know, so there's a period in college where I would drink every day. Yeah. And then I would—my tolerance was really, really high. So then basically ever since I stopped doing that, I always try to go back and drink the way that I only like to drink. Yeah. And it would just be disastrous every time. So finally I got to the point, you know, three and a half—a little over three years ago— um, where I woke up, you know, in a room with bars again, and I was like, "Okay, this is this 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 can't ever happen again." And I never thought that or said that in this, in in my own mind that that way that it happened that day. Hmm. And I just surrendered. Yeah, I mean, I just surrendered and I said that that is, that's no longer an option anymore yeah you know that that answer to your problems is no longer an option anymore mm-hmm. and since that day it hasn't been an option um i've Every time I've stopped drinking, it's always been an option, yeah. and it's always eventually from whatever, yeah, I go back to it and um it it's it's tough. You know, there's a lot of times I thought I had it licked, and there's a lot of times that I thought it was it was something that I'd put in the past, and it would, you know, it's always out there waiting on you. Yeah. So you know, debt. Now I've made, you know, the changes I've made in my life. I are basically all around that being the number one thing. You know, I have to stay sober. If I don't stay sober, I can't do anything else. And I, I don't. At this stage of my life, no matter what happens to me, I'm, I'm not gonna. I, I can't. I can't let that be one of my answers to
0: a problem. I think that you are getting to the point now where you've always been smart.
1: Yeah. I'm starting to learn now, though. (laughs) Yeah, but I think
0: that you recognize it only, there are certain people that don't ever get it. So Mm -hmm. you're blessed to get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you start, at some point, you started to realize wow, I've tripped up. A bunch, and I'm still landing on my feet, still doing great things. How many more times do I have left? How much? And I, like, at a certain point when you're 25, you're 27, you're bulletproof. You know, mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen, whatever. And then you're like, that one moment, what was the, what do you remember about that one moment that was the one that turned the ship around? That was so impactful. Not that you probably felt any worse physically after being having too much to drink but like something had to go inside your core like this is it what was it that
1: made you took that moment to a new level where i decided that it was done yeah um it's it's interesting because there's been there's been so many times where i was like this could never get i could never feel worse than i'm at now and three or four days goes by, and you feel better, and then it starts to slowly creep back in, so the last time that I went down, I was sober for a few months, and I was doing really well, and and I somehow decided I'm going to go have a couple beers in the locker room after playing golf one day, because I wasn't playing well, and I was frustrated with a couple different things, and you know, it's stuff you did in your life that you should deal with as a person and you don't deal with. And it's just like, this is my answer, which doesn't do anything. So I, I went and did that and I ended up going in there and have a couple of beers. Next thing I know, I'm in a different city. Next thing I know, I'm in jail. So how the hell did this happen again? Yeah, I know what's going to happen. Like I literally... I know I know nothing good's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen when I drink. Like it's the opposite of knowing what's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to go. So I'm just like What are you doing? Yeah. You know what are you doing? Like and I was not in a good place when this when when the I stopped, but it was it was just something came over me that decided that's 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 the point. Yeah. Like that's that's it, it. It's really hard to describe. Like unless someone's really gone through and done it. But there yeah. comes a point where that it, it, it enough's enough. You surrender and you have your 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 heart changes and your yeah. mind changes and it just becomes, you know, you become open minded to the fact that there's other options mm-hmm. and I need to not that I hadn't tried other options before but it's like now it's, it's 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 the only options are to do something else yeah so it's weird it's not like it's a, a unique thing that happened at the end that hadn't happened before cuz it had it had happened it's happened a bunch of times uh-huh you know um but it was just the fact that i think this time i literally went to go in to have a few beers and go home, and that was it. Generally, when I got in bad issues, I'm going out, and I'm going to get completely annihilated. Yeah. And I'll end up home, but then I wouldn't know it. This time, I was like, I had no intent of doing this. Like, really. Mm-hmm. 99% of the time, I knew what I was going to ha- I'm going out to get drunk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was my one other time that... I would go out and n- know I'm going to have a couple and I'm going to go home. And it's not that I, like, I, I I can go out and have a couple and I can go home. But then that starts the obsession and that doesn't f- sound appealing to me. Why would anybody want to have, uh, yeah. why would anybody want to have a glass of wine? Like, yeah. why, why, that's like the starting point, but. So this time I was like, I'm this. I was going to go do that, and that was it, and it didn't happen, and I ended up where I ended up, and and I was like, I saw it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, hmm. you know, and it, it just something changed, and, and I I have had a lot of help over the years. It hasn't been me. It's yeah. like it 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 my you know my parents. Everybody's been there for me. Everybody's been trying. But there's almost so much you can do for an alcoholic until yeah. they actually want to do it. Yeah. Like. You can't make someone, and I because I've tried. I've tried with other people. Yeah. You know, I I want I want it so bad for them to see what I see, mm-hmm. and they they want they don't until they do. That's right. And so, you what know, I I message. had a lot of help, but it takes me getting to the point where, you know, okay, okay. Mm. <laughs> what are the What are the keys for you now? Um. I I I don't. Put myself in situations where it's ever going to be an issue. Like, I, I, I'm very careful with what, where I, where I do. Um, I meditate a mm. lot. I, 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 I talk to alcoholics. I'm around it. I need to get more into the program. Like, that's kind of my next step. Mm-hmm. Is because I love AA. I just haven't been. I've been traveling it so much, and there's excuses, but it's just like I, I, I never felt connected with it. You know, I've found a sponsor, and I'm have a great guy. Love him, but it's not. I wouldn't say that would be one of my keys right now. Mm-hmm. If I get in a, a bind where I'm, I'm, I'll call and 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 we'll we'll hash stuff out. And and I've had people around me that have that have been good for me over the last three years with what I've been doing. Um, but I would say a lot of it's just, uh, you know, I think a lot before I react. You know, I don't let myself get too tired. Yeah. I don't let myself get too hungry. I don't let myself get too angry. Yeah. I, you know, I I I think I'm trying to f- I find balance. I've mm-hmm. learned to to trust you know my body and my feelings and how I f- I, I would ignore all that before. Interesting. Like, I'm gonna and it goes along with the 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 whole golf thing is like guilt. You need to be doing more, you need to be doing more. You push and push and push until I would just break. And now it's like I don't let myself break. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I think medit like I said, meditation's been huge for me. That's like awesome. I love meditation. It's it's it centers me. It calms me I do it every day. And um I'm kinda diving more and more into that. Yeah. Uh I I do pray. I'm not I'm not very religious, so I don't really yet know what I'm praying to. Uh-huh. But I, I think it, it. What it does is, is gets me quiet in my mind and allows me to somehow it opens my mind and I, I I'm able to, to, let good things come in. Mm-hmm. So it's you know whether that's answering prayers, it's not even more. I just I'm not even praying for like I'm just kind of asking for guidance and yeah. so I just and I just sit with it. Sure. So that helps. Um, but a lot of it's a lot of it's a simple things. Lifestyle change. You don't mm. go to bars and yeah. hang out at bars and drink Red Bull, and think you're going to be fine with it. Yeah. You know, eventually you're not. That's you don't right. go to do do things that you're going to be around it where it can be tempted. Because eventually, it gets to where you start thinking it might be okay. That's right. You know, that's going to eh, Who knows? That's right. You know. So I just don't. You can't ever go there. So I think I immediately play the tape. I think about it doesn't even not even come as a thought because I know it's I you know I know the end result so sure. it's just like I I'm, it, it's not uh it's not it, I haven't let myself ever get to the point where I used to get but there's been a it's been a lot of work and a lot of uh you know I think you you get you go through so much pain that uh it forces your hand a little bit mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of where I was yeah it's interesting um.
0: So, David Faraday is a really good golf example for us because David was a a very struggling alcoholic. It mm-hmm. probably cost him a lot of his career as well. And uh, he's he's been talking about it openly on his TV show forever. You know, he did a great interview with Tom Watson. That was an amazing one. And he says that he's always, he has to stay on top of it every day because alcoholism is doing its push-ups. Still in its kettlebell swings. It's getting stronger, mm-hmm. waiting for my weakness to show up. And everybody roots for Faraday because he's such a good-hearted dude. And I think that life just never stops challenging you, you know? So you can't really ever think that you lick it. Mm-mm. Because, you know, for the unforeseen, for Faraday, is he's on this nice 10-year run, got his life in order, and then, the gods throw him a wicked punch in the face, mm-hmm. which is his son commits suicide. So he's like, "I, I, I got this. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get down." And then something happens in your life that's so overwhelmingly difficult, maybe even more difficult than anything you ever faced with your own drinking, that it's sending him, it sent him back again. And that's like, there's a perfect example of somebody who was a beacon of light for so many alcoholics like David Faraday was because he was so open, open about it. Life is going to test you every day for something. That is, a, that is probably the worst nightmare of any parent in the world. And he, he was like 20-some years old or thir- almost, you know, like in his mid-20s, right? Yeah. Couldn't be, you know, there is no worse thought. So that's why you can't ever think you got it licked because you never know what's going to hit you next, mm-hmm. and that's why you enjoy every moment. And that's why I can tell right now you're you're done a really good job of being in the now.
1: Yeah, gratitude helps. Yeah, gratitude because you know, it's easy to think about what you don't have, what you screwed up, how you could have done. You know, and I think there's it's yes if you can if you can look at what you could have done better and take what you and, and learn then that's great. But to constantly like be upset and to be jaded about you know everything. Look at that situation. There's always things that it's just it's tragic. Some of the stuff that happens in the world. Yeah. And so, like you said, I made the mistake of thinking I'm never going to drink again. Yeah. Like that's you know I've made that mistake a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I and I stop preparing for if something happens. Then what what are you going to do? And and I think that's where. If I have any fears now, it's, it's I, I want to be able to handle things because I think about stuff like that I'll, I'll, quite a bit. Of like, could, what could I handle something like that? And there's certain situations I don't know if I could handle. And there's certain times I'm overconfident with thinking I could handle whatever. And that's when you're going to get the big kick. And you know, yeah. it's like, so I, I think living in the now and just doing the best you can and doing the next right thing is is all you can do. And try to take whatever experience you have. And learn from it as opposed to, you know, years and years of beating myself up for things as opposed to actually learning from what the heck just happened and, and growing. Like I stopped growing for a long time. Yeah. You know, I've started a lot yeah. you know, the last couple of years. I've started, you know, I'm I'm like on nonstop right now. But yeah. I spent years just in stall out mode. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> you know, fighting the same the same spinning circle, yeah, like alcohol, golf, alcohol, golf, alcohol, golf. It, it, it wasn't taking me anywhere. Yeah. I'm just like, what, you, you yeah. know? So it's tough, you know. I, there's a lot of people out there struggling with whatever they're struggling with, and it, 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 there is there is hope, but it takes you know awareness of what's going on and the willingness to change. Yeah, very fast, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, so so powerful. Is there anything that you'd you feel like you'd like to to pass on for people that are struggling with anything that you haven't that you haven't said about hope or yeah. over perseverance.
1: I would say no matter what you're going through, there there's other people out there that are going through it or have been through it and there's you'd be amazed of what talking to somebody else about something that you're dealing with would do for you. Mm-hmm. Cuz if if any if people are like me the easiest thing to do is to get into your own head and just think about things. And generally, when that happens, it, it's it's not going to end up well because you're you're kind of not you only have one perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's yours, and you're you're you can't see what the heck's happening because you're right in the middle of it. So I think just don't hesitate to look for help, yeah, you know, and accept help. Like, I think a lot of people won't, like, they struggle with accepting help because they feel that, like, it's weakness or they need to let, but, I mean, the only way for you to be able to help somebody else is for you to accept help and get yourself better. That's right. So, basically, you being selfish and taking everything on your own and not knowing how to deal with it and making yourself miserable and drinking or whatever, I think, you know, I did, I did that for forever and, and you're useless to other people. Yeah. You're useless to yourself. You're yeah. just self self destructive. So I think just have hope and know there's other people out there that are going through it. And and people have been doing it forever. And yeah. so that they're only there to help other people along. And it's it's interesting. That no that the matter big, where you're at.
0: Yeah, that big word is shame. Yeah, the shame.
1: I'm big into mistakes. I'm big on the into into that kind of stuff right now. Yeah, yeah. Brene Brown so, is like oh, <laughs> my hero. She's awesome. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle is great. Yeah, I love Eckhart. Uh,
0: um, there's so many great out there, but Brene Brown is phenomenal. But you, you, you're right. You gotta you 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 have to know, in a world we live in today, also that's so lacking interpersonal communications, mm-hmm. that more and more people are struggling with different versions of problems because anxiety is so high. And anxiety is so high because well, we
1: spend all of our time looking at a phone, and, and most people that haven't subjected themselves to therapy or you know that form of self-help are not aware of what where it's coming from yeah. and what's going on so they, they it's just i think i think if 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 people were were exposed to healthy ways of dealing with things at a younger age i think it would it would go a long way of yeah. of of helping people grow and move out of those things faster i think some people get it early and, and they're just, they, whether their parents have, have gone through it and then they, they pass it on yeah. or they, they've lucked, dumb lucked it. But I think a lot of pain has to go on through years for people to get it, which I think pain is good because, you know, I think pain lets you know when things are good too. But yeah. you, it's unnecessary, a lot of it. You yeah. don't have to, that shouldn't take as long.
0: <laughs> so true. Well, one of the things that I, I'm a big believer in is that we we'd spend a lot of time doing the things that we love to do to try to be as good as we can be and pass on as much greatness. But that also drains the batteries. You've got to do things to recharge our batteries. And there are not many things that lift up more people than sporting events and, and live music and music itself. And so when we talk about your favorite music, when you think about your favorite bands and your favorite music, what do you, what do you like to listen to?
1: You know, I'm, I'm moving, you know, I'm back from Nashville. So I have always kind of been around the country and I've went away from it, but I'm kind of s- starting to move back towards it a little bit, yeah. you know, not like I, 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 and I, I think I've taken some of, I listened to what some of the recommendations, see, I think a lot of the stuff in the last three years, I'm trying to move on to new stuff. Yeah. So I, I listen to podcasts and I, and they say, this book's good and or this music's good so i'm kind of trying to go with you know get away because a lot of times music in my mind brings me back to times that weren't that good oh yeah. so i'm trying to get fresh stuff going on so i'm kind of uh i'm moving into i'm trying to think of that guy's name who's that country music that had a rock band now and uh, stapleton I'm, i'm listening to some of him yeah i like i like that um so that that that's kind of where I I figured out recently that I struggle with a lot of the the older music that I liked is is takes you to bad places. Well, it's not, it's not that it's, it's bad, but it's like a a a type of bad where it's good. It's like you 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 know I don't like dwelling, sitting in that that like that used to be a comforting feeling of being depressed, which yeah. is weird. I don't know. If, it's almost like I, I at one point. I was sad, and I wanted to sit in that sadness. Yeah, you know, and be emotional, and be so. I think a lot of the older music I listen to takes me to that place, and, and I just don't have time for that right now yeah. in my life anymore. Yeah. And I'm and I'm happy now. So right. I think it kind of goes along the lines of what your Tool guy said. Is is that yeah? Tool, yeah, Tool. So he doesn't yeah. like to sing those songs anymore because it doesn't like. I don't think I I I, I don't like reha going back and living through pain. Yeah. You know, I've, I've lived through it. I've lived through the fame. Yeah, that's right, and right. I, I like to move. So, I, I'm listening to some of him. I listen to, um, I listen to. Let's see. That's a good question because I don't listen to a whole lot of music anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm basically audio books and podcasts right now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I do I. <laughs> I'll still enjoy like a, a Dave Matthews concert, mm-hmm. you know him and Tim Reynolds is, is yeah, not the awesome. whole band anymore, but like the Tim. I think that's I have a different experience with yeah, the Tim, Tim. Reynolds. So yeah. that, that's fantastic.
0: Um, he just veered off the rails for me when it comes to his live shows, man. I remember back, <laughs> right in the crash, you know, crush and the crash. Yeah, of B, that that was like, in my opinion, the pinnacle of his career. Yeah, and then I I saw him. Uh, like uh, two years later, and like Trippin' Billy's started at like nine fifteen, and and he he played that song, and it veered into like nine different songs, and then it, he finished Tripping Billy's at ten twenty, and I'm like,
1: yeah, I think they forget the second. audience is there. Wait, wait a second, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> where, where am I? And I mean, he, <laughs> after thirty minutes, you're looking at the stage, and there, none of the band are looking at out, out the audience. They're all looking at each other. They, so yeah, it's it, it's. I think. I definitely would struggle to be in the mind frame to enjoy that now. Yeah. Like, I I understand that, but, like, I think you need to be partaking in some some things to sit there and listen to a fifty five minute rendition of Tripping Billy. <laughs> That's so true. Like you better be Tripping Billy. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> but uh like when he plays with Tim it's just like a four minute and it's yeah. it's hard and it's done. Like yep. the songs are not the drawn out version. And the ones that are, are like three three like four four and a half minutes. So yeah. I, I, you know, but uh you know I've always been a Pat Green fan. I've always been a we you know, the floating men from the college days. Yeah. We had those kind of things. I, I like Pearl Jam. You know, with you, I'm never as hardcore a Pearl Jam fan as you were. Uh, I think I just missed that age thing. Yeah. Like, I was more of, like, Matchbox 20. It's, like, more of the, you know, the the kindergarten version of Pearl Jam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's
0: so true. <laughs> yeah, know, we, we saw Matchbox 20 at a really great show. Do you think that was... That was First concert
1: bit. I ever went to. Is that right? Yeah. We got the, the you know, front row at yeah. the Ryman. From Kroger. From Kroger. <laughs> from the <laughs> unbelievable. We you know, you got like the you the Dixie they brought the Dixie chicks out. You yeah. reminded me of that and, and uh that was awesome. You know, that that was, a that great was show. one that was the first concert I went to um and that might have been one of the best. You know, I've seen Willie Nelson at the Ryman. He's fun to watch. You know, just he's just ageless, you know, timeless. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um U2, I saw you 2 at uh Giant Stadium. That was pretty cool. Oh, I bet. Uh, Were they
0: really good live?
1: Did they uh, sound? Yeah, good? yeah, yeah. I uh, they were really good live. It just made me think of a funny story, but it would be hard to kind of go into you. You, I think I mentioned. You mentioned one time. You didn't you know the the Rascal Flatts guy? Uh huh. What's his name? Joe Don Rooney, the guitarist. Yeah. Okay, so I was at well, I was working at, at a golf course in the mountains, and he 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 was up there playing, and um, I had been asked to go out and play with him because they needed a pro to play with him. And we played like 16 holes. And then the other guy, uh, we got on uh, our 17th hole and it's par three, and he almost makes a hole-in-one. And the guy's like, oh, man, that would have been amazing. You have a number one record and a hole-in-one the same week. (laughs) And I was like, record? What record? What, What record did you get? And he goes, do you like? Rascal Flats, oh yeah, I love him. He goes, well, that's that's Rascal Flats right there. I was like, Really? Like we played all day long. Had no idea. Yeah, he's a really good dude. He's an man. awesome guy. Yeah. And he never mentioned it once all day. And that, yep. they're like that that's pretty cool. That just you mentioned him on a podcast and that's that's what when we're talking about music, that's reminding me of. I, that's the only music person I've ever met, I think. Yeah.
0: So Joe really fascinating. I've had the opportunity to teach him a lot. He is really cool. And we share obviously the love of music, right? Yeah. So we're I'm always talking about my influences, right? So, I like to me one of the coolest things. Is, you like, you like Maynard? I'm like, do I like Maynard? <laughs> I love Maynard. Yeah. Like my my main goal for this podcast is somehow get one point where I'm important enough that I can have Maynard on my podcast. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, uh, Pussifer's coming to the T-Pac. You want to go? What's that? Pussifer's what, his third band. Oh, oh, awesome! It's, it's I mean he's got three bands, right? So he goes. I want to go experience Maynard. So let's go. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And you know, like, we sat down, we talked about his, he spends a lot of time with Vince Gill. And we yeah. just talked about the fundamentals of what's it like to be a guitarist on the PGA Tour of guitarists. Yeah. You know, he gets his licks in every day. He's got his own studio at his house now and he's just constantly going through the motions, hitting his wedges, you know, yeah. you know, Hitting his nine shot ball flights, you know, and he's going through it all. And as we talked about his influences, and he's a bit he's heavily influenced by Vince Gill, who's probably one of the 10 greatest guitar players of all time, too. And just listening to him, how he he what he's listening for, then he I just know that I'm not a musician. It's like, wow, I didn't I didn't pick that up because oh man. So you know, when you're everybody's got something, everybody's got a talent, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing that I always try to pass on is that. Your talent might be not be what you want it to be, mm-hmm. but everybody has a tremendous gift, and it's up to trying to figure out how to find it and then figure out how to put yourself in that place a lot that's a gift that's a gift
1: yeah i think i think uh i'm 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 starting to it's evolved a lot for me yeah. because I've always known that i've i've even when I was playing my best I, I've always enjoyed caddying. Yeah. Enjoyed teaching. Yeah. More. Yeah. Like even when I, I was like I want to be a best I want to be the best player in the world at one point I, I was a great player I never really enjoyed it that much like I don't know I don't it's just the it's it's. You know, it's nerve wracking. It's, yeah. it's 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 you don't know what's going to happen. I think the, the controlled environment is better, is easier when you're a caddy or a teacher. I think it, I think i more gravitate towards peace, just because of how I'm built. I, yeah. I think it's. I think that's that's when I you know when I was earlier I was talking about it. I just think that's the the you got to be. You got to be built in a way where you're comfortable with chaos and and in balance enough to, to be okay with not having it go your way to yeah. be a play a good player and I think I struggled with that for the longest time mm-hmm. and I think I've gotten now where I, I just I I know I know things aren't going to go my way at times yeah and and but you're okay uh, with it yeah I'm okay with it and and as a teacher and a, and uh a caddy though it's like uh, it puts you outside of that playing box, so you can kind of see that. Yeah, <laughs> you can't see it. I couldn't see it as a player. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm definitely more comfortable with that, knowing that that's where my talent lies. Uh-huh. Even though I tried to fight it for years, yeah. like I, I, I would never, I would never believe a word you telling me right now. Yeah. 10, ten years ago, ten like years. you should go caddy, like go to hell. <laughs> you can go to, like and I, I've, I've caddied on every single tour a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I would I, I would never have put myself in a situation where I could have ever accepted a full time job to do that because mm-hmm. I would have never believed that that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah, that's so I, that's why I never caddied out there. Yeah. I was always put myself in a situation where I could leave it, and it, you know I, I felt like if I got tied down doing that, I would like it, but I would I would that would be it. Mm-hmm. I'm making this, and I'm still I'm still I'm like ninety ten. I'm still like I'm 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 ninety percent teacher. And I'm still like ten percent. I could still. It's still coming, uh, I'm still working on my game. Oh, so yeah. I, there's, it's never going to leave. No. Like uh, I still think I'm going to get me in the right situation, and and uh, take it to well, the next level. You'll, you'll, you'll see. Yeah, I hear you.
0: <laughs> uh, last, last question, um, about the, the things that recharge you. What, are, what's your favorite team, sporting event? What's your, what's your, what do you, what's your go to uh, um, sport and team and what have you?
1: Well, Nashville. So I'm, you know, Titans, Predators. You know, um, this, I was at the Music City Miracle game, so that was kind of my. That's you know, the, yeah. That has to be the greatest game. I mean, yeah, all hope is lost. Oh no, it's not. Yeah, I mean we're at the top of the aisle getting ready to leave, and the next thing I'm hugging some guy I've never met before. <laughs> was, that was the craziest. that was amazing. Um, but you know, Predators, Nashville, I've gotten to know a lot of owners of teams because of where we're at. Yeah. And so when you strike up a personal connection with owners, you just like their team? Yeah. I do. I I just I, yeah. I cuz I, I like the person. So yeah. I I connect You, adi- you identify you Yeah, with I it. connect with people and and so I like that. Like yeah. I'm more of, like I, I'm more of a fan of I like the Nashville teams cuz I'm from Nashville. Uh-huh. But I'm more of a fan of people outside of Nashville teams. Yeah. So I'm rooting for Vanderbilt. I'm rooting for Tennessee football. I'm rooting for the Titans. I'm rooting for Predators. But outside of that, I love I mean I like I like the the, you know, I like Verlander. I like, you know, and I, I like the Astros because of where where we're at. So I mean that would be one team where I like the team. Yeah. But like I like players. You know, like sure. I like owners. I like I like the person. Yeah. So I so I'll root I'll root for <laughs> I root for a lot of things. Yeah. It's I'm not like a diehard, you know. This is it. I think I grew up a diehard Braves fan just because they were on television. So, I mean, I I would remember I would freak out about baseball game. I would watch every game. I don't watch sports anymore. Yeah. I like I watch the playoffs, but even then, I'm not like, you know. It takes a lot for me to to like, watch it. Yes, yeah, like the Masters. It. I think was the only major I watched this year in golf and Tiger. Yeah, you know. I was crying that day. I yeah. was like, "This is doesn't get any better than yeah, this." Yeah, it doesn't get like that feeling is hard for me to find. Like in 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 sports, for some reason, I think as a as a coach now, it, it, when it, when I get to the point of where I have players that are doing things, I'll have that feeling. Like yeah. you've experienced right. that. I've never experienced that because I've never had. I'm just now getting into where where I'm at. So I've never experienced watching one of my players win a tournament. Yeah, right? and I don't have kids. Yeah, so it's like. I, I, the closest thing I could have would be my brother or somebody playing, like sure. where I'd really feel like this is I, you know, I've okay. helped do this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm that would that kind of, you know. So I, I do re I do my recharging. I think tends to be more <sighs> the meditation recharge me, and I, I'll, I'll tend to I I'll tend to just kind of I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge introvert. Like I'm a big introvert. So it's,
0: it's interesting though you you say that you're an introvert oh, but as yeah. soon as somebody lets you free of your introversion you're very extroverted one on one <laughs> oh, Well okay that makes sense Yeah maybe not I don't so, not so much in a if group you of 40. give us a
1: group I don't feel com- I mean it, it, it would have to feel if it's if, it, if it's very familiar I would I would feel that way but one on one if I know you like you and I are like family so yeah. um if it's one-on-one that kind of feeling it's good if it's one-on-one i don't know you that well i'm very uncomfortable yeah. but so i'll recharge a lot just on my own yeah. like i i need my downtime i need alone time i'll watch i just you i could put on generally nowadays what i will have is i'll have my ipad and my here i'll have a book here and i have my iphone here so i'm i'm looking at swings and i'm watching something on netflix and I'm you know so it's a lot going on but it also centers me in what I'm doing yeah. here and it kind of, that that's sort of how I recharge. I just kind of, I, I don't, going going out to a sporting event, going to a concert, going out in public where there's a lot of people does not recharge. Yeah. It, Interesting. Although, I have bad experiences at concerts. Once I'm there and once I'm in the moment, then it, then it is a that's surreal okay. moment. Yeah. But I just, I, there's a, It's a lot of things. It's a lot of to chaos to yeah. get, there. get there. It's yeah. like, just, just give me a chair, <laughs> that's right. in a quiet room, yeah. and I'm fine. And you're fine. Yeah, I'm kind of messed up, so it's like I need a little. I just, I take, I take a lot of maintenance to, yeah. to, you know, I put my brain through a lot. I so see. if you give me, you give me enough time to, to be okay. You know, I'm okay. But yeah. you know, that that's that's where I'm kind of at now with everything. It's like I love meditation, but I don't ever want to put myself in a situation where I must have meditation. Or I'm not going to be okay. Yeah. Like I think you have to be a, like adaptable, yeah. and that's where I lack. So that's kind of what I'm trying to be like. Mm. I actually so so it's weird as I I'm it, it's not relaxing, but I'm I'm forcing myself to be in situations that are not comfortable for yeah. me.
0: Be like water. If yeah. You're, if you're because I want to be able glass.
1: to enjoy and make that my yeah. sure. outlet. Sure. You know, but it's not yet. Yeah, I hear you. You know, so that's a weird answer to your question. Yeah.
0: Last last question. <laughs> Dream foursome on what dream golf course? Good gosh!
1: Dream foursome. You're playing it, so you got three others. Yeah, I mean it would it would be my dad and my two brothers. Mm -hmm. You know that would if I could say that would be what I would like to do once. You know that I always that would kind of be. go-to just because that's comfortable and and even though it's it's four it's four complete nightmares together so it's (laughs) it's it's not it's not the most cohesive unit but it's like you know we don't get together much yeah so if but if i had a dream foursome of like um of golfers it would be like professional golfers It would probably be. I like. I'd like to. I'd like to play with Duvall. Uh huh. But I'd I have to specify a year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd like to like a, a ninety-nine Duvall would be good. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think it would be interesting to watch Hogan play. Yeah, um, and I think I would like to be the to fill out the foursome. Man, that's that's a tough one. I want to say Tiger, but I don't think Tiger would be that much fun to play with.
0: I bet Phil Mickelson be fun to play. That's with. That's who I'm thinking of. I bet that'd be a pretty I'm like Duvall,
1: Phil, and and just Hogan, because I think it would just be a, 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 a I'd learn a lot because Duvall's brilliant. Phil Phil thinks he's smart and he talks a lot so it'd be entertaining. <laughs> that's right. And then it would be, you know, just the mystique of the I would like uh, to watch Hogan uh, okay. play golf. Like I wouldn't even hell, I would just put it. I would put uh another person in and just caddy for one of them and, and I wouldn't even that, need to play uh, and right. I'd be happy. That'd be <laughs> cool.
0: <laughs> well, buddy, what an awesome story. I uh, hope hopefully everybody gets to take that ride. Where that was a, That's the biggest roller coaster ride that I've been on on my podcast. So thank you very much for taking the time to join me and
1: uh Great if I, if I had one more thing, like in a, in a different foursome, it would be if me and you and Strickland and Brant could play around. It Would be pretty fun. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. I thought we had Snedeker yeah, a lot longer. That would be some. There would be some. That would be some of the most trash talking you've ever seen. But that, oh, yeah. that, like that would be fun for me. So there's a lot of different scenarios. But yeah, I, I, thanks for having me on. Man, this is awesome, dude. Awesome. awesome. Well, best you. luck, to you. Thanks I
0: a lot. Callaway isn't just pushing the boundaries of driver technology. They're pushing ball speed further than humanly possible. The new epic flash driver with flash face technology features Callaway's first ever driver face engineered with artificial intelligence. By harnessing this power, Callaway was able to create, test, and refine over 15,000 different faces to find the absolute fastest one. The way speed is created has been completely transformed. Learn more at callawaygolf.com slash AI.